I started attending Liquid in 2008. It has definitely uh, felt like home. And in 2014, my husband was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer. They give you a diagnosis of three to five years, but you know, I'm thinking, wow, I have this great faith in God and we're gonna get through this. And you know, we're gonna have a miracle. First round, he did great, 50% gone. The second time we went back, it wasn't good. And I was devastated, but would never show it outwardly. I would never let him know that I hurt so bad inside. So I would be strong for him and nobody's gonna be able to say, tomorrow will be better because sometimes it's not. But I do know that my faith in Jesus Christ and being able to have that relationship with him and talking to him, that's where I found comfort. A comfort that I can't even explain if somebody said, how do you find comfort in such a loss? About the third year into it, we still had our life group and they were a huge help to us. The life group was there. I mean, they came, they prayed with us. Um, there wasn't a day that went by where I didn't get a text from someone saying, hey, making sure you're okay. Um, there were times when um, I had to go to work. You know, my husband was home and, and they would stay with him. Who would have thought that these people that are not my family and, you know, at the time were just, you know, strangers that we had met and formed this wonderful relationship in a group would be there through some of the toughest times that I've ever had in my life and that he's ever had in his life. There were many times I asked God, please just surround me with a hug. I need your hug today to get through the day. And I got it. Somehow, some way, I felt better. He got baptized in May of 2017, which was not that long before he passed away. It was beautiful. It was Mother's Day, I'll never forget. It was an amazing moment for him. It is our great privilege to baptize you in the name of your Heavenly Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Being in the ocean is brings back some wonderful memories. My husband and I owned a home at the beach, and um, some of my best memories in our marriage were at that house. So I came upon the decision of getting baptized because I wanted to show that outward expression of my inward faith. I would say to someone thinking about getting baptized today, get off the fence. You know that little word that you hear in your ear, it's really the Holy Spirit talking and saying, do this. You're going to hear it. I'm telling you, you will hear that word and you will want to get baptized. You know the Holy Spirit's calling you to do it. And what better way to do it in the ocean? I mean, sure, it's going to be a little chilly, but that's okay because in the Bible, nobody got baptized in a hot tub. It just didn't happen. Hey, can we hear it? Can we hear it for Christine? It's incredible. Hey guys, we are, uh, Christine is an incredible woman of faith and she represents over 220 people getting baptized today in the Atlantic Ocean. So praise God for you guys, it's awesome. Listen, uh, I'm really excited, can't wait to see you all and uh, meet you out in the ocean at two o'clock. We are praying sun stand still in Jesus' name. It's gonna happen. So that's a good thing. Hey, listen, when you get out there, just to kind of orient you, and by the way, my name's Tim. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, but uh, when we get out there, just look for our pastors. They're gonna be wearing uh, wetsuits. You'll see them kind of in the ocean. They'll be welcoming you. I think we have a picture of them. Uh, I actually got mine. We had to order these, all right, to rent these, and I got mine last week. And when it arrived, to be honest, I was a little concerned. A <laughs> little bit snug. Okay, you know what I'm saying? A little, little slim here. It's kind of funny because I was like, are you sure about this? And, and uh, Janet, my assistant, she says, well, it didn't have the normal size. It didn't have like small, medium, large, XL. She said there were just body type descriptions. And so I said, okay. And she said there was one called Slim Jim. I'm like, nope. Uh, she goes, the second one was called Kegger. Kegger, okay. And I said, keep going. And she said, and then there was one called Lobster Tail. And the description said, for those with junk in their trunk. And she goes, but uh, I, I ordered you Hercules. And uh, 
I said, well, thank you. My self-confidence really appreciates that. So I brought this thing home this week, and, you know, I, I put it on. I kind of snap into this thing, and I, I was like, let me surprise the family. They're down in the kitchen, you know, for dinner. So I kind of walk on down there in this thing, and my wife, she's like chopping up. She's like, wow. <laughs> she goes, you look like a superhero, you know? I'm thinking Mr. Incredible, and, uh, you know, my son's there on the phone. He's like, no, Fat Thor. That's all right, that's okay, man, it's all good. Listen, whatever you wear in the ocean today, God's going to be smiling. Uh, guys, beach baptisms are one of the most powerful ways uh, to publicly announce your faith in Jesus Christ. As you heard uh, Christine say, uh, her husband Rick was baptized back in May 2017 as he ended his battle with cancer. And I will never forget when we baptized Rick, and he looked at Pastor Mike and I, and he said, you guys are going to be jealous of me very soon. Because he said, I'm going to heaven. Amen. And he passed away two months later. And guys, that's the hope. We know that today, because of his faith in Jesus Christ, Rick is safely at home in heaven with Jesus. We have that hope. That's the hope we have. So, if you're a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've never been baptized as an adult, this is your next step of obedience. Uh, Jesus himself was baptized, and he commanded his followers to follow his example. In fact, in Mark 16, 16, Jesus said these words. I want to read them out loud. This is an important verse. Let's read it. Ready? Big, big, big loud voice, church. Here we go. Whoever believes and is will be saved. Amen? It's very powerful. You've got to understand there's a one-two punch there. Jesus said, whoever believes, that means your heart and your mind have been convicted of your sin, but you've also been convinced of your need for a Savior. And baptism means you do something about it publicly. When you go under the water, you're identifying with the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for your sins. You, you're being buried in a way that Jesus was. And when you come up out of the water, it's like his resurrection. You're raised to new life. You're washed clean of sin and filled with the Holy Spirit. So understand that's a promise that you can take from Jesus to eternity. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, I'm not talking about works. Baptism obviously doesn't save you, but it is a powerful symbol of what you believe in your heart about Jesus. So I just want to talk to you today. I see a lot of you in the shirts. If you are nervous about getting baptized in the ocean, listen to me. You are surrounded right now by thousands of people who've done what you're about to do. Guys, this is kind of crazy, but since we launched as a church in 2007, we have now baptized over 2,150 people in Jesus' name. That's incredible, guys. That's crazy. So it's, it is. It's kind of nuts in New Jersey, right? Like people say the Northeast, it's a spiritually dry region. But guess what we're watching? We're watching God pour out his Holy Spirit in a fresh way on men, on women, on children, every ethnicity, age, race, young, old, black, white, Latino, Asian. The harvest is here, people. So jump on in. The water's warm. So if you want to get baptized at 2 o'clock, you didn't sign up. Not too late. We've got everything you need. We'll give you a baptism t-shirt. We got shorts. We got towels. You just come forward after the service, and then you get to meet Fat Thor in the water. All right? Sound good? All right. Now, listen, before we jump into today's message, I do have a sermon from Scripture for you. Uh, I want to pause and say it, it's kind of incredible uh, to think that the last time we were in this room together as one church under one roof was four years ago in the summer of 2015. Raise your hand if you were here for that. Who was here for that? You guys remember? Okay. We were a church at that time of four campuses, and we had plans to launch two new ones in Somerset and Garwood. And this great auditorium is where we announced our God-given vision to saturate the state with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say that with me? Saturate the state with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're new, you got to know this. We are all about spreading the message of Jesus. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our reason for living. And so we want to tell everybody in New Jersey about him. Now, that word saturate, it means you soak something, right, thoroughly with liquid. Now, New Jersey has 21 counties, so let me be bold and say someday, by God's grace, we would love to have a campus in every county. There are 21 counties. So do the math on this. We're, uh, we're about to launch campus number seven in Monmouth County. So guys, we are one-third of the way there. You understand that? We're one-third of the way seeing God bring this vision to life. And we've seen the Holy Spirit 
do some real-life miracles since 2015. I mean, this great auditorium, this, what you're sitting in right here was a curve jump for our church. It's a site of a bona fide miracle. Four years ago, uh, Pastor John Cords was on this stage. I think he was like singing Bon Jovi or something. And all right, we're about to launch Somerset and Garwood uh, soon followed. But at the time, uh, we were a portable church and we were looking for a permanent building for our broadcast campus in Parsippany. And so we had visited hundreds of buildings. We had looked at this one. And in fact, wanted to see this. It's in Parsippany and it's right at the intersection of a number of highways. And when the uh, realtor showed up in the parking lot to meet us, we had an appointment. She said, I'm sorry, the owner doesn't want me to show it to you because you're a church. He's, done, he's not into religious people. So, and we're like, okay, we understand, no problem. We were wanting to look at about 40,000 square feet. It's 165,000 you know, square foot building. So check this out, the room you're sitting in. Four years ago, that weekend at Liquid at the Shore, that Sunday, guess who just happened to be on vacation in Asbury Park? The realtor for this property. And she walked over that bridge, I think she peddled over with her daughter who said, Mom, let's go get bagels in Ocean Grove. And then she walked into one of our volunteers who's wearing like a Church is Fun t-shirt kind of thing. And she hears the music coming out. She says, what's going on over there? He says, oh, that's Liquid Church. And she goes, oh, that's that crazy church. Well, I'll just go pop over. She came in, had never been to church in her life. And she saw thousands of you lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. She stayed for the whole service, and on Monday morning, got on the phone with our realtor and says, the owner wants to talk with you about buying the entire property, because you guys have big vision. So understand, guys, a year later, God enabled us, through his power, through your generosity, to purchase the entire property, the entire headquarters, renovate it, and we moved into a brand new broadcast campus in fall of 2017. That's only God. You understand that? There's no other explanation. So... Four years ago, when we were sitting here in this great auditorium, if you had told me God would do all that, I'd be like, bro, you got, you got to stop smoking weed. This isn't, this isn't Colorado. It's not, it's not legal yet, man. You got to stop. So Ocean Grove holds a very special place in our church's history. This is a place of destiny for Liquid Church. Well, today we are excited to publicly announce the launch details of campus number seven in Monmouth County. You're, yeah, you ready for this? Come on, we're going to do it. <laughs> You're probably wondering, like, where's the campus going to be? Uh, who's the pastor that's going to lead them? And so I thought we could just have a little bit of fun with our campus faster, pastors to, re to uh, reveal this. Uh, a few months ago, we got together for a Spartan race. Anybody here ever do a Spartan race? Anybody do that? It's like one of those kind of tough mutters. Take a look here, okay? There's, a <laughs> there's our pastors, all right? like a box of cream puff donuts right there. It's like, <laughs> looking at that, man. So we got together to do a Spartan race, and uh, on the Saturday morning, we got up early, and we drove out to Queens uh, to City Field. They were having at the Mets baseball stadium. It's kind of like an urban Spartan race. Boo, Mets! Come on! <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yankees are God's favorite team. It needs to be said. Just needs to be said. I'm sorry. I has to be. So listen, so we, so we go out, to, it's usually, you know, out in the woods and stuff with mud and barbed wire and stuff, but this was, it was an obstacle course. It's a 5K. It's an obstacle course with challenges. So you should have seen your campus pastors climbing ropes. I mean, these guys and gals, they were animals. There, there's, there's Pastor Jim from Essex uh, with Pastor Chris there from Middlesex. Um, we had to run up and down thousands of stadium steps. Pa Pastor Keon is faster than you think. He, he's, I'm telling you. <laughs> we, we did push-ups, uh, push-ups and burpees. You know what a burpee is? I, I just like, I'm like, you know, uh, in the Mets locker room. We had uh, campus pastors. They were jumping over walls. It, it was incredible. Uh, in fact, it was kind of funny. Pastor Scott's trying to help Pastor Kyra. He just like kind of took her. It was like a, it was like a dwarf toss. You know, just kind of like <laughs> toss her over the wall, you know, and everything. Okay, so our, your CPs are animals. They're very impressive. In fact, this is going to kind of set up the message today I'm calling Spartan Faith. I want you to take a look at this video, which shows their training, and then we're going to settle who the real Spartan warrior is. Take a look at this.
thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if we had a Spartan contest right here in Ocean Grove? And, and just, it just settled. Which, which campus has the strongest pastor? You guys want to have some fun? Let's bring them on out. Here we go. From Somerset County, Pastor John Cord. Make some noise, Johnny. Middlesex County, Pastor Chris Capuel. From Union County, Scotty Elliott from Mountainside. Valabakian Carpenter from Union County. Garwood, my man, my man, awesome. Pastor Jimmy Gottschall, Jimmy Gotts from Essex County. Here he comes, here he comes. And last but not least, that pequeña señorita, Kyra Montañez from Parsippany. Come on, give her a come on. Good job, Kyra. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. So here's what we're gonna do, guys. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a little reprise because there was some controversy at the Spartan race. So here's what, let's divide up in teams. Can we do that? Let's get uh, Jimmy, divide on up here, okay? Let's get uh, Jim and John and Scott on one side. We'll get Keon, Kyra, Chris over here. We're gonna do a tug of war. That's gonna be kind of a, a good one. Now let's give a little room here. Go, relax. Holy smoke, relax, relax. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This looks a little bit, this looks a little unfair, like the beef is over here. Where's the beef? Right over here. Okay. I feel we need to bring out a secret weapon. Right here, baby. <laughs> Volunteer participation. Uh, you guys know Pastor Michael Leahy, who's the pastor of all our campuses? Secret weapon. Come on, Pastor Mike. Mike, it's up to you, okay? Choose you this day who you will serve. Which one are you going to pick? Girl boss. All right, you're going over with the girl boss. Okay, here we go. Now you gotta make some noise for your campus pastors. Are you ready? On three. One, two, three. Let's see it. Come on, here we go. Ah! Oh, bro. Thanks for playing. What? Come on. All right. We're gonna narrow it down. Keon, Kyra, Chris, Mikey are in the finals. Now. Next one, next event is called the scooter race. We actually had to do this at Spartan Field. I know it sounds like simple, but take a look at this thing. Keon, can you demonstrate for us? It requires tremendous core strength. You got to actually walk across, touch his toe, <laughs> touch his toe and get back, okay? We're going to have two winners here, okay? So separate the heroes from the zeros. You ready? Here we go. Cheer for him. Three, two, one. Let's do it. Not even, you're, you're, you're disqual, you're disqual. All right, Pastor Chris, Pastor Mike, bro, good, thanks for playing. I'm sorry, you are disqualified. You didn't even get that. The heels don't get you off, girl. Okay, if you've been in Spartan Race, this is the last, the last event here. You guys know the last event is always the warped wall. Do we have a wall? Let's build a wall. Okay, here we go. Okay, now look at this thing. This thing is, this is legit, okay? Uh, and these guys are going to build it. Now, here's the deal. We were left with Pastor Mike yep. and Pastor Chris. Now, do you have experience, Mike? Have you been in some marathons? A couple, yeah. How many? Uh, six or seven. Six or seven. Have you been in any marathons? Zero. Zero. Okay, this should be good. This should... Well, listen, here's the deal. We're going to, listen, we're going to award one of you the Spartan Faith Medal here, okay? But here's the deal, guys. For this one, it's not just getting over the wall, which takes a little strength. You're going to get graded on style, all right? And you guys are the judges. Strength and style. Which one of you guys wants to go first? <laughs> age, age before beauty. Pastor Mike's going to go first. All right, here we go. Make some noise for Pastor Mike. Here we go. Three, two, one. That's some pretty, some pretty good style there. Chris, he had, he had some moves. He was like a little Heisman man there. I don't know. All right, guys. Pastor Chris Capio from Middlesex. Make some noise, Middlesex County. Three, two, one. Holy Spirit came over this man. That, that was... 
Hey guys, as you know, we are excited to launch um, Monmouth uh, County, our seventh campus, and today we're excited to publicly announce Pastor Chris will be serving as our new campus pastor for Liquid Monmouth. Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations to you. Now, let me ask you, because um, Chris, uh, you and your wife, Judy, you've been faithfully leading uh, in Sayreville or Middlesex County. Outstanding job. Why would you leave your home campus to go launch Monmouth County? Yeah, that is a great question. So I grew up in Middlesex County. Um, once I got married to my wife, Judy, we moved to Monmouth County. Currently live in Ocean County. Well, we've been praying, seeking God for direction and clarity as to where he would send us. And not only do we feel like he's sending us to launch and lead the Monmouth County campus, um, but we feel like in the next year or two, we'll probably sell our home in Ocean County and move back to Monmouth County. Guys, they're selling their house and giving all the proceeds to the church. That's incredible, Chris. That, thank you. Praise God for you. That's amazing. That's just... I just kidding. Tell us a little bit, Chris. Give us all the details. Where is the new campus going to meet? When does it launch? Sure. So September 8th, Sunday, September 8th, we'll be launching the Ocean Township High School. Awesome. Ocean Township. Here it is, guys. Tell us about that. So it's only about 14 minutes from this very location. Awesome. So guys, we're very excited about this. And Chris, what would you say to everyone here? Because we have all the different campuses under one roof. Yeah, well, listen, we need at least 300 Spartan warriors that are ready to burn the plow and come with us to be a part of what God is going to do in Monmouth County. But seriously, so if you live in Monmouth County, would love for you to get plugged in, or maybe even come into Liquid for a while, you're going to another campus, really want to encourage you just to talk to your current campus pastor, um, let them know. If God's leading you, I'm confident that they'll pray with you and send you on your way with their blessing. So Chris, if I'm interested, I want to help with Monmouth, how do I get involved? There's a couple ways. Inside your program we received when you walked in, um, there's a Monmouth County launch card. We take that out. Everyone got it? Take a look at that just real quick. If you got it, you can use it as a fan, by the way. It's starting to heat up in here. I ain't even started preaching. All right, get that on out. Tell us about this. Yeah, so on the back, you'll see there's a lot of different ministries that you could check off if you feel God is leading you in one of those directions. But even if you're not sure, just fill it out with your information. Myself, someone from the team, we'll get in touch with you, and we'll tell you more about how you can get plugged in. Or at the end of the service, we actually have a Monmouth County booth set up right outside. We'll have a whole team of people there that can get you plugged in. Awesome, awesome. Guys, would you put your hand forward? We're going to pray for Chris and Judy. Father, we bless you, Lord. We thank you for Chris and Judy, their faithful leadership in Middlesex County. Uh, God, you've been on the move in their lives. I just thank you for the step of faith, God. I thank you for the, the Spartan warrior courage in his heart, in her heart, to start this new work. We ask your blessing, your anointing, your protection. God, do more than we ask or imagine for the fame of Jesus in Monmouth County. It's in his name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Chris, thank you, brother. Congratulations. We're excited thank for you, you, man. Thank you. So excited for you and Judy. Man, that was quite a handstand. Listen, guys, um, one of the reasons we're here today is what makes our partnership uh, really special is that Monmouth County is a little bit different. Uh, in that we're going to be partnering with the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association through this entire summer to really build our launch team. So if you haven't heard today, I'm, I'm also letting you know, starting on Saturday, July 6th, Liquid Church is going to be hosting Saturday night services every Saturday night right here in the Great Auditorium. Okay, that's a big deal. So every Saturday night through July and August, so like if, you know, if you're on vacation, you don't have to miss church, praise God. Uh, we're going to have, just like we had today, live worship, uh, live preaching. I'm going to come down and preach. Some of our pastors are going to do that. And we're hoping to capture folks, listen to me, from Asbury Park, okay, from Bradley Beach. Families coming off of the, the beach at 6 o'clock. Um, we'll be doing our popular At The Movies series. And we just really want to build the Monmouth County team right here so we can launch with a strong core of volunteers in September. In fact, one of the uh, Liquid families who will be helping launch our new campus is Jamie Jackson. Uh, Jamie serves as the executive director of the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association, and we asked him to share what inspired him, his wife Anne-Marie, to get involved in launching Liquid Monmouth. Take a listen. This is the 150th anniversary year of the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association. We're looking towards the future. What does a thriving future look like in reaching next generations with the gospel? We're looking at worship in, in the arts. We're excited about Liquid Church in that regard. We get to look at what's happening in Liquid Church today, and we see the effectiveness of reaching people. When we moved to New Jersey, and Amory and I began looking for a church, it was kind of a no-brainer to check out Liquid. As we've been going out to the Middlesex campus and, and seeing Pastor Chris out there, it's it's just been home.
early on, back in the 1800s, the Camp Meeting Association helped churches start. Certainly right here in Ocean Grove at St. Paul's United Methodist Church, we played a big part of them actually starting. Church in uh, Bradley Beach um, that we did similar for. Two churches in Asbury Park. And so in our 150th anniversary year, it just feels right that we're helping Liquid Church start a new campus, and that's something we're excited about. There's nothing else more exciting than being a part of a new church that's taking root. I'm convinced there's a lot of people who, who can easily slip into this, this routine of just coming to church, receiving, hearing, being blessed, but not really having a way to give back and a way to, to, to serve. And I think this is just a really exciting way. So what I would tell them is, go for it. What would it look like if revival happened here? If this room was filled again with people who are having just a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit, having this encounter with God, revival is possible. In fact, I think it's what God desires for us. And so the real question is, what does it take for that to happen? And I think it just takes believers who are willing to serve and give of themselves, surrender before God, and call on Him. And uh, I hope that happens. I hope we get a glimpse of that this summer. We thank Jamie and the Ocean Grove staff, trustees, all the saints here who have been building a spiritual legacy. I love what Jamie said. He said, you know what? I want to see revival in this place. I say amen. Who's ready to see revival? Guys, we believe it can happen. We really do. So if you feel God calling you to be part of uh, Liquid Mammoth, I want to encourage you as your pastor, complete this launch card today. You can see all the different areas you can serve. You can just say, I'm just interested, or I, live, I have a friend in Ocean County I might want to invite. And we'll just be in touch with you and keep you in the loop. But I want to make sure you hear it from my lips. As, as a lead pastor, I want to give you 100% permission to leave your campus and go be a part of this new work in Monmouth County. Uh, just like some of you left Mountainside to go help launch Garwood. Some of you left Morris to go help launch Somerset. We need an army of risk-taking, burn-the-plow believers to leave your campus and help start this new work. You may wonder, why do you launch new campuses? Because at Liquid, we actually have this conviction that nothing creates new Christians like new campuses. Because when you take church closer to where people live, they invite their unsaved friends and neighbors, they hear the gospel of Jesus, they get saved. So never forget, guys, as a church, what's our mission? Yeah, we have this vision of saturate, but you know what our mission is? It's to push back the gates of hell and populate heaven. Amen? That's what this message is about, having a Spartan faith, the faith of a warrior. Can you say Spartan faith with me? Spartan. So I want to begin my sermon with a little history lesson. That name Sparta is not just where people live in New Jersey. Uh, but Sparta comes from a, uh, a city-state in ancient Greece. King Leonidas is a legendary king who led an army of 300 Spartan warriors in the Battle of Thermopylae. It's probably one of the most famous battles in military history. Uh, in 480 BC, the king of Persia attacks Greece with this huge army, hundreds of thousands, millions, they say. And all Leonidas had was 300 Spartan soldiers who went down to this narrow passage in central Greece called Thermopylae to confront Persia. And it was lopsided. 300 versus an army of millions. The odds were against them. Well, according to history, the Persian king assumed that the Greeks, once they see the huge army, they're immediately going to lay down their weapons and surrender. But instead of laying down and rolling over, King Leonidas famously said, you come and get them. Tonight we dine in hell. And the battle began. In fact, the Battle of Sparta inspired a movie called 300 a few years ago. Some of you remember this. We Spartans have descended from Hercules himself. Taught never to retreat, never to surrender. Taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. Threaten my people with slavery and death. This is madness. Madness. This is Sparta! We will stand and fight. The 300 Spartans get the last breath to defend it.
As history records, those 300 Spartans died defending their homeland against the Persian hordes. But if today, if you visit Greece, there's a monument right on the site of Thermopylae to remind people of this spectacular display against all the odds of courage and bravery and self-sacrifice. So today, if you say somebody has Spartan faith, it means they don't give up when the odds are overwhelming. Instead, they summon this warrior spirit that says, you know what, we will fight for king, we will fight for country, we'll fight to the death. Well, did you know, that's not just a legend. In the Bible, there is a true story of a real-life 300 in the Old Testament, which is very Games of Thrones-ish, by the way. The book of Judges tells the story of a warrior named Gideon. Can you say his name with me? Gideon. He helped defend God's people, Israel, against a massive invading army who were set on wiping them out. And just like the legend of Sparta, Gideon stood firm. He stood strong in the face of overwhelming odds. If you feel overwhelmed today, this message is for you. The enemy army was huge, over 130,000 soldiers. Gideon had about 30,000 to start. But then God, in the surprise twist, he actually says, you got too many soldiers, Gideon. That's too many, we gotta downsize this. And God downsized his army to a band of 300 warriors. And you know why? Because the God of the Bible loves outsized odds. You serve a God of the underdog. In fact, God will, oh yeah, get ready, brother. In fact, God will often handicap himself in human terms. You know why? So that when victory comes, only Jesus can get the glory. People can't help but see it's all God. It's not you. Maybe you're here today, you feel like an underdog. You're overwhelmed by some obstacle in your life. Maybe there is a health challenge in your life right now that is overwhelming right here at the start of summer. Maybe the odds of recovery aren't good for you. Or maybe there's an impossible obstacle in your business or, or a challenge in your marriage or with your kids or your family. Today, I came here to remind you that God is with you, especially when the odds are against you. He's a God of the underdog. And so I want to share this sermon from, from the book of Judges that I think is going to inspire you to kind of lean into God's strength and claim victory in your life with the, the faith of a warrior. So let me set this up. I'm going to read this to you from Judges 6. Here's what the Bible says. The Word of God says the Israelites, they did evil in God's sight. Just quick fast forward if you're not familiar. The Old Testament is just basically the sad history of God's people constantly turning away from God, basically walking away from him and just worshiping idols. And we're told there were consequences. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for how long, church? Seven years. Now that's a problem. Because the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites actually made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, in the caves, in the strongholds. So I want you to get this in your head. The Midianites were a vicious, violent band of desert marauders. They're like the sand people in Star Wars. You remember that? I want you to think of like Mad Max. They were this bloodthirsty band of desert people who attacked the Israelites, God's people. And they were so cruel, the Bible says whenever they came down, the Israelites went and hid in caves. It says whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian would attack Israel, camping in the land, destroying their crops as far away as Gaza. They actually left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. I want you to notice something, church. You notice when the enemy attacks? Right at harvest time. When there's going to be a harvest in your life, when the fruit's about to come in, when there's a blessing on the horizon, that's when the enemy attacks. You got the picture? The, 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 I'm just telling you, at harvest, when right before the blessing or the breakthrough of God in your life, the enemy of your soul will attack you and he will try to intimidate you. The Bible says these enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were thick as locusts. You got the picture? They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped there. In other words, they just came in like a swarm, like an overwhelming ocean. And they terrorized God's people. They torched their fields. They destroyed their crops. They killed the women and children. And nobody in Israel was lifting a finger to do anything about it. And so the Bible says Israel was reduced to what? Starvation by the Midianites. In other words, the enemy is eating their lunch. This is not a high point, church. This is God's people getting their butts kicked. 
They are demoralized. They are starving. This is rock bottom. Everyone say rock bottom. What do you do when life hits rock bottom? Then the Israelites, what? Cried out to the Lord for? Have you ever noticed, sometimes in life, it takes hitting rock bottom for a person to ask the Lord for help? Why is that? Have you ever wondered, like, why when you're in a crisis, people you love are under attack, your harvest is threatened, your business, your ministry, your marriage, your kids. Israel has to hit rock bottom and be totally overwhelmed by the enemy before they actually cry out to their God for help. Guys, I want to remind you today that prayer is supposed to be your first response, not a last resort. Prayer is pulling down the power of heaven into your battle on earth. Again, maybe you're here today and you've hit some rock bottom area in your life. Rock bottom in a relationship or rock bottom in your career, rock bottom in your health. I spoke to a guy this week. Uh, he said, Tim, I've, uh, I got an overwhelming diagnosis. The doctor actually said the odds are against me recovering. Maybe the odds are against some part of your life. I think the God of the Bible brought you here today to tell you, I'll take those odds. If you will cry out for me in the middle of your madness, I'm never more with you when the odds are against you. So if you're new, you gotta know, how's all this happening? We're a church that believes in the power of prayer. Say amen if you agree. When the enemy attacks, we don't tuck tail and run and hide in a cave. We get on our knees and we call on the power of heaven into the battle on earth. It's what we do. This is how we fight. Well, here in Judges, somebody's praying. Because the Bible says in verse 11, Gideon was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press. Why is he hiding the wine press? He wants to hide the grain from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, I love this. This is such a cool greeting. The Lord is with you. What? Mighty warrior. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like if an angel woke you up, it's like, what's up? <sighs> Mighty warrior. You know, Xena, you know. Listen, this actually, I've always wished that God would say something like that. Turn to your neighbor say, the Lord's with you. Mighty warrior. Look him in the eye. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing Gideon is probably like, wait, 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 wait. Who? Me? Mighty warrior? Gideon was a farmer. And when the angel of the Lord appears here, where is he? He's hiding in a pit, guys. He's down in a wine press hiding from the enemy. He doesn't want to be out where the Midianites will see him in his crops. So understand, he is not a hero at this point. He is a zero. He's hiding at harvest time. But the angel says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It's very interesting. Some scholars in my research say that this angel is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. A pre-incarnate appearance. I want you to imagine that, that Jesus appears to Gideon and says, I see something in you, son. You're not a farmer. In the sight of God, my daddy in heaven, you're a mighty warrior. I want just to say that somebody here today, you need to hear this, that God sees a strength in you that you don't even see yourself right now. Maybe you look in the mirror and all you see is weakness and God sees strength. You, you see all these flaws, but God actually sees your potential. You feel chained down by the past and God sees your future. Gideon had no visible potential. He just said, I'm an ordinary farmer. And God says, no, I see a mighty warrior in you. I think God's going to call that out in some of you today. You can't see it yet, but God's like, it's in there, I'm telling you. Gideon, I know, some of you are reluctant. You're like, ah, I don't know. Maybe that guy there, not me. I'm in the balcony. Listen, listen, balcony. Verse 13, they had all started, listen to what Gideon says. He says, uh, uh, pardon me, my Lord, uh, <laughs> but I, if the Lord's with us, why is all this junk happening to us? So Gideon objects, right? I mean, if God's with me, why is all this bad stuff happening? And he forgot the fact that actually sin has consequences, right? You can't just disobey God and then you blame him when your life goes off the rails. I mean, here's a hard truth of the Christian life. As a Christian, sometimes the enemy will attack you for no reason. You're actually living a holy life, and he wants to test you like he did Job. But sometimes we rebel, and we bring it on ourselves. That's the truth. But God is gracious to Gideon. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, I love this, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So God's about to raise up a rescuer. A hero rises. God actually says, Gideon, you're going to be a judge. Now, now, now understand, a judge in the Bible is not like some guy in a black robe with a powdered wig, you know, sitting on the Supreme Court. A judge in the Bible 
was a military leader that God anoints in a time of crisis. Israel doesn't have a king at this point, so God sends judges, a special savior, to deliver his people when threatened. I want you to think of the Avengers like that, all right? And he's like, Gideon, Gideon you're going to be my general. I know the odds are overwhelming. I know you have zero experience, but go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I, the Lord God Almighty, I'm sending you. And again, Gideon makes an excuse, verse 15, pardon me, my Lord, <laughs> but how can I save Israel? He's like, I don't know if you looked here, my clan is the weakest in the whole nation. And like, I'm the runt of the litter, I'm the least of my family. Gideon's like, I'm not a strong general, I'm weak, I'm just an ordinary, how am I going to rescue Israel? And the Lord said this to him, guys, these are five powerful words that change your life. I want to say these five words out loud together. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you're going to destroy the Midianites like you were fighting against one man. God's like, I like the odds, because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know what it means? Here's the math. You plus God equals a majority every single time. The greatest promise God makes every follower of Christ is these same five words he gave Gideon, I will be with you. I promise, God says, my power will be present in your battle. So I don't know if you feel intimidated by something in your life or overwhelmed, but all God, Gideon could see at first was his weakness. He didn't realize God was like, I'm going to do a miracle in the middle of this madness. Amen. I think some of you are going to get an assignment from God today. I think the Holy Spirit's going to tap some of you on the shoulder and give you a mission. I'm praying, I've, I've been praying, we've been praying this whole week, man, in this auditorium. I'm praying that he's going to call 300 of you out to go help launch Monmouth County. To step out with that warrior faith and take a leadership role to campus. And you may be like, well, I'm not a leader, I'm just ordinary. I'm a single 20-something. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a retired senior. This is like a young church. You know what God says? He says, go with the strength you have. I'm the one sending you. You know who God uses? You know who God calls? God doesn't call people who are able. He calls people who are available. Who are actually just crazy enough to say, you know, in a time of need, if God is with me, I'm in. Send me, man. Go with the strength you have. I'm sending you. Let me tell you, if you feel like a spark in your soul today, don't ignore it. That is the Holy Spirit of God speaking, calling you to step out in faith. And I just want to make, let you know, I can't guarantee the outcome. Like, if you're taking a step today to get baptized, and you're like, you know, I talked to someone, they're like, Tim, I'm a little intimidated, I'm going to be the only Christian in my whole family. They're not going to come to my baptism. In fact, I'm kind of worried if they do, because I think they'll actually like, kind of like poke fun now I'm a holy roller. God says, you know what? I'm going to make you a promise. Five words. Say it, church. I will be with you. That is the source of Christian courage. You understand? You can't control how your life goes. But wherever you go, God says, I will be with you. God promises his power to be present in your battle. And so Gideon believed God. And he went. Verse 34 says, this, this is awesome. Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with That was not powerful. The spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with Okay. That Holy Spirit is the power of God unleashed in a believer's life. You understand what you have that people in the Old Testament didn't have? In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on a believer. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is in the believer. So if you're a, a believer, you are a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, fire-filled warrior for Christ. The Holy Spirit has clothed you with power like Gideon, the resurrection power of Christ. And guys, this is where the victory comes from. This is so cool. Look at it. In Judges 7, here's what it says. So, Gideon and his men got up early. They went as far as the spring of Herod, and the armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley. Now, they must have been quaking in their boots. Yeah, watch out for the... This, this is not part of the plan right here. This, this is not part of the plan. That's amazing. We'll just assume that God blew it in here for an illustration purposes. <laughs> you may be overwhelmed. You may feel like something's hunting you down. <laughs> like it's tracking you, but if you got the faith of getting, you say, there is no, there is no, come on. No weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Get that shark out of here. <laughs> That's a good time. 
<laughs> so, so here are the odds. Catch the Bible. Listen to the Bible. The Midianites, they got 135,000 soldiers. The Gideons got over a little 30,000. So here's the odds. If you're in Vegas, this would be four to one odds at this point. The odds are not good. The enemy has four times the fight. So you know Gideon's like, we got to get reinforcements. But God says, no, we got to reduce your troops. What? Listen to what God says. This is so, God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. You're irrational, you know, deliberate, clear. God says something very strange. Look, the Lord said to Gideon, read this out loud. You have too many warriors? What are you talking about, God? Yeah, if I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. God's like, Gideon, I'm going to bring victory into your battle, but there's a problem. You got too many men. And if you get a victory, you're going to think you did it by your own strength. You know what the biggest sin is in a Christian's life? It's a prideful spirit that says, God, I got this. It's a sin of self-sufficiency. Guys, never forget, salvation doesn't come from your power or your strength. It's God alone, amen? God says, you know what? I don't, I don't like these odds four to one. That's actually no good. We got to uh, do a riff of these soldiers. We're going to reduction in force. We're going to downsize. Therefore, tell the people, this is so cool, look at this. Whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. And th this is, I see salvation here. Look at this. So 22,000 of them, where'd they go? Leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. In other words, the odds just changed. They got worse. Now it's 13 to 1. 22,000 tuck tail and go back home. Again, I see salvation in this story because salvation starts with repentance. And when you truly repent, how many of you know, you don't go back to where you came from. You don't go back to sin. You don't go back to drugs. You don't go back to sleeping around. You don't go back to hooking up. Repentance means I actually don't go back where I came from because I'm clothed with the Holy Spirit now. There's a new power in me. So I'm not saying you're perfect. You may slip, you may stumble, but you don't want to anymore. You got a new, new power. Before the Holy Spirit, it's like everything in you is bent this way. Life before Christ is, you know what, I actually, I love sin, I love partying, I love getting high, I love hooking up, I love it, I love it. Maybe I should straighten out my life, maybe I shouldn't, but I love it, I love it, I love it. I really should make a new resolution. Boom, you can't do it. But when you get born again, you get filled with the Holy Spirit and God gives you a new power. The Holy Spirit comes in and the battle changes. God actually changes everything. You're going to find yourself going to places and being like, you know what, I'm trying to enjoy this party. I'm trying to be a good sinner. I'm trying to sleep with that girl. But I got the Holy Spirit in me and I don't want to do it anymore. I am a different person. God gave me new desires. So when you get saved, don't you dare go back. You have been bought with the blood of Jesus. You got a new power in you. Take off the old, put on the new, amen? That's how you know. Listen to me. If you want to quit when the battle begins and go back home, you ain't qualified for the Lord's army. God tells Gideon, get rid of the backsliders first. And second, if they're going to be in my army, you got to take them down to the river. I, again, I see repentance. I see baptism. God says, test number two, verse four. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I'm going to test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. So I want you to imagine this army, they go down to the river, they're thirsty, they're dehydrated, they want to drink. And Gideon says, I'm going to divide them up in two groups. First group of guys, they lap water from their hands. Why? Because they're staying alert and vigilant, they got, they're on guard. The second group, the Bible says, went down like dogs and they drank. They buried their face in the river. And the Bible says this, only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I'm going to rescue you. And I'm going to give you what? Over the Midianites. It says, send all the others home. And so Gideon sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him. So the odds just changed again. The odds in Vegas are now 450 to 1. You understand what God's doing? There's 3% of the 10,000 left who are picked to fight, but these are the good ones. These are the God ones. 
These are the Spartan warriors who are alert on guard. They're like the Navy SEALs of Gideon's army. But the odds are still 450 to 1. Who's going to take those odds, by the way? Anyone going to take those odds? You're betting? Not me. You know what Lord God Almighty says? Oh, I like these odds. I, I can do something with this. Why would God handicap himself like that? Now, I think the answer is that because sometimes in life, the Lord will let the odds go against you because when the victory comes, he alone gets the glory. Amen? It's when the odds are against your marriage surviving. I've talked to couples in our church, and they're like, the counseling hasn't helped our marriage. The hearts are still hard. We're headed for divorce. And the Holy Spirit steps in, rescues the relationship, and God gets the glory for that. Amen? It's when the odds are against your, your business surviving. And you're like doing everything you can. You tried a new strategy. You tried a new sales team. You tried, you cr and then you cry out to God. And the Lord steps in and says, I'm going to provide. Guess what? When the victory comes, God gets the glory, not you, not your sales team. It's when the odds are against the chemo working and your cancer's going to survive. The doctor says it's, the odds aren't great. You're exhausting your options. Another round of radiation. A doctor says, I don't know. Or maybe the odds are against you conceiving or having kids. But God says, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory. It's in desperate situations where God's people power up in desperate prayer that God says, that's a battle I can show up and show off in. Amen? So listen, if the odds are against you some area of your life, here's the question. Listen, what are you trying to do in your own strength that God's trying to do in his? What are you trying to do in your life right now in your own strength that God says, I want to do in mine? Your pride is actually blocking the battle. Gideon his army went down to 300 men to prevent the spirit of pride. And you got to ask yourself this, guys. I asked myself this week. If God was going to gather an army like Gideon's today, would I be left? Would I be one of those who actually qualify? Because from God's perspective, the question isn't how many warriors. It's what kind of warriors. God chose those who lapped the water. You can call it a victory lap. They were ready for battle. I wonder what you would do. Would you put down your weapons, or would you stay battle ready? Which kind of warrior are you? Guys, I'm praying God will speak to 300 of you, because that's all it takes to do a miracle. Men and women, children, clothed in the Holy Spirit to bring the victory. I believe Pastor Chris is a Gideon. I really do. I believe he is a Spirit-filled leader. Do you agree? And he needs 300 people. He needs 300 to charge the gates of hell on the Jersey Shore. Guys, the story of our church, if you're new, is God going against the odds to advance his kingdom in New Jersey. We started the church with 300 volunteers in Morris County. We took the fight to Middlesex, multiplied 300, then Essex, another 300, then the Mountainside Miracle, 900, then Garwood, Somerset, 300, now 600. That, that's why they want to write a book about the church. They're like, what a crazy story. That doesn't happen in New Jersey. Thousands of people giving their lives to Christ, being baptized. What are the odds? Oh, God likes the odds. So now we're writing a new chapter campus seven this summer. But guys, never forget who gets the credit. God alone gets the glory. The moment, it's all God. That's not false humility. It is all God. You got to understand this. Don't you screw this up. The moment one of us takes credit for what God is doing here, that's when it all goes south. So you stay humble. Stay humble and you let God use you. That's our challenge as a church today. But I want to close by making this personal to you. What appears impossible in your life? Where do you feel outnumbered, outmanned, or overwhelmed? Gideon was overwhelmed by the odds, 450 to 1, and I am not calling you like, find courage and fight back. That's what the world says. But the Lord of the Bible says, if you want victory, you better surrender first to me. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my, says the Lord Almighty. And that's what Gideon did. You want to see how the story ends? This, this is the, I'm going to end with this. Look at this. Gideon returned to the camp of Israel and he called out, get up. Get up. The Lord has given you what? Victory. Louder. The Lord's given you? Victory. Over the Midianite hordes. And he divided 300 men into three companies. And he placed trumpets with empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Now think of what we've seen. We've seen repentance. We've seen baptism. And finally, we see fire. You know what fire is a symbol of in the Bible? 
a Holy Spirit. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And he says, I'm going to give you a fire to attack the enemy. Watch me, Gideon told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp, you blow yours. And here's what we're going to yell. Let's say it together. Ready? For the? And for? The three companies blew the trumpets, smashed the jars, and grasping the torches in their left hand, and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Do you got the picture, church? What brings the victory? What brings the breakthrough? What brings the blessing? In this hand, they blew a trumpet. That is a worship instrument. It's the sound of praise pushing back the enemy. In the hands of God's people, worship is your weapon. And in this hand, he's got a torch. And the torch is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, guys, this is spirit-anointed worship happening. They blow their trumpets. They break their jars. They let loose the Holy Spirit, the fire on the enemy. Church, that is how you fight your battle. This is how we fight our battles. Worship is a weapon. Praise is actually a punch to the enemy's face. you got to have the fire of the Holy Spirit going on in you. Because guys, I believe, I do with all my heart, when God's people get to praying, when God's people get to praising, that's what brings the victory. That's what unlooses the power of heaven. Look at verse 21. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. So it starts with God's people crying, now the enemy's crying. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. When we praise and we worship, it brings chaos and confusion in the enemy's camp. What brought the victory? It's praise plus the power of the Holy Spirit. And they turned their swords on each other. The power of the Holy Spirit literally scared the enemy to death. They ran for the hills. Guys, military historians say this is the most spectacular victory in military history. There's no victory like it. When God took 300 warriors and not one of them lifted a sword, and God did it all by himself. I don't know what you're facing today, but I think God wants to say to you, I am with you, mighty warrior. Victory doesn't depend on your strength. It doesn't depend on your skill. It depends on the power of God's presence in your life. God was with Gideon and God is with you too, amen? In every situation, in every odds, you plus God equals a majority. But you got to invite God into the fight. You got to invite Jesus Christ into your life. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to be baptized in water and then you get filled with the Holy Spirit and God says, I'll give you victory in his name, amen? Everyone shout the word victory. Father, I want to pray right now. All heads are bowed. Father, I am praying for 300 men and women right now to receive salvation, Father God. They need you in their life. I want you, if you would need God in your life, you want Jesus in your fight, raise your hand right where you are. Just raise it up. Say, I need God in my life. Amen. We all need him. We all need him. Maybe it's your first time. Just raise your hand right now. I want to lead you in a salvation prayer. 300 men and women, their lives are going to change. They're moving from death to new life, eternal life with God. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit right now. We feel your presence. Father, we're going to explode in praise as these men and women give their lives to Christ. If that's you, I want you to pray with me. Pray these words after me. They're not magic words, but just mean them from the heart. Just say, God, I need you. Say it out loud. God, I confess I'm a sinner, but I believe you're a Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive my sins. I turn from them now. I believe you are raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I give my life to you. Father God, I pray right now for men and women who are making that decision. This will be a moment in time. They're putting a stake in the ground, Father. They're moving into, adopted into your family, drafted into your army, and their life's going to be different. It's going to be filled with purpose and grace and love and forgiveness and power. And Father, I'm praying right now for the 300 people. We're asking you to send to Monmouth County. Father, raise up an army. 
of faith-filled, risk-taking, burn-the-plow believers who are anointed by the Holy Spirit to storm the gates of hell on the Jersey Shore. Father, anoint them, protect them as they follow Pastor Chris and Judy. Father, do something through them that's bigger than anything we can ask or imagine to the glory of Jesus Christ. Say amen if you agree. Stand up, church. Come on, stand up. Stand up. This is how we fight our battles. Let's praise them.